welcome to the Little Jeep Big World podcast. I'm Geneva of Little Jeep Big World. Jeremy's currently not here. He's the other part of Little Jeep Big World. Usually the one you'll see all the beautiful photos and videos are done by. And then part three of Little Jeep Big World is our puppy Kai, who is currently next to me eating a pine cone. Where we have our two-door Jeep that we love to hit the road and set out on adventures to find new trails, new experiences, and remember what this world has to offer. Most of all, we just love to chase our curiosity. So with our podcast, we thought we'd take a chance to tell some of our stories along the way. Yes, we have a blog and we tell stories there, but there's something about conversational speech and just being able to seem like you talk. So I thought this week I would start by sharing a story of one of my trips that I had on my own. So, yeah. Here it goes. (laughs) All right. Um, I thought I would first share a story from a few years ago. Where I was kind of at a time where I loved to travel on my own. I wanted the rush of, you know... If I got lost, it was only me who could figure out I'm such a rookie. My watch is on. Okay. If it was just me, I was the only one that um, could figure it out. If I got lost or if I ran out of money or whatever happened, it was up to me to, um, yeah, to survive. So one trip that I took was to San Francisco. I booked a flight, and I called up my friend, shout out to Rachel Jappy, except she's not Jappy anymore, but for some reason I can't remember her new last name, and I asked her, since she lived there, she was in seminary there, if I would be able to come and visit and to stay with her for a few days. So I, of course, she said yes, and I headed on out, got on the plane, and um, yeah, uneventful flight. When I got there, I knew that she'd be busy, so I took, oh no, did she pick me up? She did pick me up. She picked me up, she showed me her seminary, and we hung out, and it was a pretty standard night. Now this is where it becomes one of my favorite stories to tell people about my travels. Um, Go to class, and so I was left on my own to explore for the day. Of course, I didn't have a car, and she actually lived over the Golden Gate Bridge in Marin County. So, being my love to travel alone self, I googled, okay, what's the best way to get around San Francisco and still be able to explore the city carless? The best thing that I found was to take this bus that went over the bridge and would take you into the city. It's called like the Golden, I don't even remember what it was called. I remember that I got dressed, I put on these boots I had found at a thrift store before I left. They were old horse boots, and I felt super cool and super Northern California and hip. <laughs> at least I thought. And then I got to the bus stop. I get there, and I don't know, silly San Diego self, where public transportation is not a thing. I didn't realize that they were cash only. So then I had to walk and I found a little ATM in some small store about a 10 minute walk away. So I walked, finally got cash, and of course I only got a 20 out and um, got back to the bus. And when I got to the bus, I was so excited that I finally made it to the bus and I was going to get to explore. And they told me that 
they didn't have any change. And so I would have to spend the entire $20 on this bus card. Kai. Kai. No. Kai. All right. Back to the story. So I decided, okay, fine. Load the whole $20. Let's just get on this bus and let me get into San Francisco. I was ready to explore the big city. So I get on the bus, I get off, I keep this card, and I think to myself, it's fine, I will use this card to travel around inside the city and get to explore from Chinatown to Ashbury, all over the place. So I thought. So I take the bus and I go to use this card on the regular transit. It's like the, I don't even know what they're called. Oh, no, it was just regular city buses. So I go to use it on the city buses. And they tell me that this kind of card is only good for traveling over the Golden Gate Bridge. Basically, I had just paid $20 to only be able to travel back and forth over the Golden Gate Bridge, which by math's sake, I could only need maybe two to four times. So I had pretty much wasted 20 bucks. But, oh, well. So I decide, stubborn self, screw it, screw public transportation, I will walk everywhere. So first, I walked to this beautiful coffee shop that I had found. Um, it's very French. I forget what that one's called. I think it was Blue Bottle. I think it was, no, Boulangerie. Something like that. It was called La Boulangerie de San Francisco. And it was awesome and it was delicious. And when I went to get my drink, the old man in front of me, or no, behind me, for some reason, decided to buy my drink. So it was a good start to a day, and the ladies behind the counter gave me a free croissant. So it was a free drink, a free croissant to make up for my terrible troubles with trying to figure out a simple bus. Finally, I started walking. I walked all over town. I walked to Chinatown, and I explored in there. I walked up Lombard Street, all the steps and the windy paths. I walked to Hayton Ashbury, I walked pretty much everywhere in San Francisco you could possibly go. When I got back to, why am I terrible with remembering what these places are? This makes it not very exciting for everyone who wants to listen to this. Ah, okay, now I'm looking at a map. I was in Golden Gate Park, I went to Haight-Ashbury, then I bought a record in Haight-Ashbury at a little shop there. I laid in the park and um, watched some people fly kites. I headed to Lafayette Park where I watched some families. And then from there I walked down to Fisherman's Wharf. I rented a bike and I biked up and down the wharf and all around, returned the bike. Finally, I decided to head towards Fort Mason. Fort Mason is like this big park that overlooks the water. And um, it's just like some beautiful walking trails and lots of people with their dogs and families. And I was up there. And as I was walking along, I bumped in. I was sitting on the wall. And I got to talking to some. (laughs) My dog is chasing a fly endless entertainment I got talking to some it was two gentlemen and a lady and they were talking to me about my trip and what I was doing and why was I alone I told them because I'm crazy 
and we had a really good conversation and suddenly they told me that they were sailing students and that they were about to go on their boat and asked me if I'd like to join. Now, of course, most people tell you don't talk to strangers, don't hang out with strangers, but I was kind of in this mindset of when in Rome, don't say no. So I said yes, of course, and we rode for hours on their sailboat, and they showed me all around, and I got to see out around near Alcatraz, and it was just an incredible place. We finally got back, and I don't even remember their names, but it was just a really good time. We get back, and I start walking to Golden Gate Bridge Welcome Center down into Chrissy Field. When you get over the bridge, there's kind of like a welcoming area, and there's actually a little point that sometimes you'll see some surfers surfing off of, which is so funny to me. And I decided to walk through there, and I thought I was going to meet up with the bus, take it back across the bridge, be home in time just for dinner. Well, I got up to the bus stop, and I waited according to the timesheet that it said it would be there. No bus ever arrived. So then I waited, and I looked it up again, and then I googled it, and for some reason, the bus was not active on this specific day past 2 o'clock or something like that. Well, it was way past 2 o'clock, so I realized, okay, well, this bus isn't going to work. So I decided instead I would walk the Golden Gate Bridge, because I was thinking that once you get to the other side, there has to be another bus stop that would be active. Now, in San Diego, at least in my experience we don't really use public transportation and our public transportation is a bunch of crap we don't even have any that gets to the airport it's super lame all we have is uber and lyft and those sorts of things we have trolleys and things that will get you close but nothing will get you exactly there my opinion we could do better but needless to say i had no experience with this and so i was like yeah there must be a bus stop on the other side that will take me exactly where i need to go so i get to their side and that bus stop had a sign on it that said it was not active and i said okay i'll keep walking now at this point i am walking on the 101 there's like a bike trail but i'm pretty sure people are not supposed to walk down it and i must have looked like a crazy lunatic. Now, I remember I had bought these super cool-looking old boots. I found out later that they were actually old horse boots. I don't know if you know anything about horse boots, but they are very hard, very stiff, and not comfortable to walk in at all. Um, they go up your ankle, and they tie pretty tight, and also the bottom, like I said, is super hard. Picture, like, steel-toed shoes, but on the bottom. So I'm walking all this way down the 101, and I know she's in Marin, but I Marin County, but I have no real clue where. I knew the name of the seminary school, so I knew worst case scenario, I could ask for that. But when I looked at my phone, it said it was going to be a three-hour walk to get all the way back to her specific seminary. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe if I just keep walking a little further. So I dropped down into Sausalito area. And I'm walking along, I think it's called Bridgeway. And I look down and I realize that my phone is at 2% battery life. Which means if this phone dies, I have no backup way of even trying to get myself out of this mess that I have just gotten myself into. So I quickly try to text her and tell her, because I was too afraid to call, that it would die. I texted her and said... I'm kind of lost. I have no idea where I am. This is what I see. Please try to find me. 
and then moments later my phone died she got my message and then my phone died and I had no idea she's coming so I just kept walking towards this road walking and it looked familiar it looked like what the bus had taken and I just kept walking and walking and walking and I remember I turned a corner and I saw her car and she came up I saw her car and it was like God had arrived and she <laughs> pulled over and she got me inside and I remember the first thing that I did was took off my shoes, took off my socks, and my toes were literally bleeding, not exaggerating, literally just bloody toenails and disgustingness. I had walked far too many miles in these shoes. She asked me about what I had done, and I told her all the different journeys, free croissants at this coffee shop, getting stuck on the bus, exploring Hay and Ashbury, going on over sailing, Chinatown, walking Lombard Street, so many different things. And she said that I had done far more than she had done the whole time she had lived there. Um, so our song of the weekend became, I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more. I remember we just kept singing it and singing it. And now, every time I see her or think about her, or even see her face pop through on my Facebook feed, instantly this song pops into my mind because that was a day that I thought I would die or get lost on the side of the 101 in San Francisco and she came to my rescue. That night, we went out with a bunch of friends and we went to a little whiskey, like, sushi bar kind of place. And um, I told her friends of all the places I had gone to and I realized suddenly that my stubbornness had led me all around town at distances that were not normal for people to walk, especially in old horse boots. So here's the moral of the story. When you go on trips, one, look into the public transportation system, especially if you come from towns where you don't use them. Two, do not walk in horse boots. <laughs> Check first when you buy things from thrift stores. Three, when you fail at things, don't become stubborn and just walk the rest of the way. Try and try again, just like your kindergarten teacher taught you. And I don't know if I said three, but four, I think. Four. Get one of those solar-powered chargers for your phone so that you don't end up screwed on the side of the 101. Five, have really good friends who sing I Will Walk 500 Miles with you and don't mind bloody toes in their car held up to their air conditioning vents. And that is my story of San Francisco and sailing. Now... I decided I would do, I wanted to do some sort of segment of the week, and I have not thought of what segment to do, but this week I thought of, maybe I will have some sort of question of the week. So, here is our first question. Every time we go camping, we want to bring eggs to eat breakfast with. Um, there's something really good that you could add to noodles, you could add in the morning, you can add it to quinoa. It's just a way to really feel and good nutrients and energy while you are out on the road but here is my beef we have tried many different ways of storing these freaking eggs and every time they end up cracked or soggy or disgusting so what are your solutions to carrying eggs in the cooler as well as not destroying most of your food from the water and cooler tell me all your tips and your tricks we have some we use but I think that this is something we are definitely rookies at so there's my question of the week. 
my tip for you for the week is da, 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 da. what is my tip <laughs> oh here's my tip for the week we have a rooftop tent on our car and we will actually on our off-road trailer we have an anza off-road trailer um, which you can check out on our blog if you've never seen it before but I would highly suggest a rooftop tent if you are doing overlanding. Um, the rooftop tent is great. We showed up in Big Bear last weekend and it was sunset and we didn't know if we'd find a spot and there was no hurrying up and trying to set up the tent in the dark. You just pull a strap, you pull the ladder, you set up and you pop out the windows if you want to. But otherwise, there is not really much to it. So yeah, my tip of the week is look into rooftop tents because they are incredible. Oh, the best part about it was... Our last night there, it started to rain, and it was really windy, and you couldn't even tell it was windy inside the tent. It was as though the wind was far, far away, and you just heard it coming because it doesn't flutter the windows. It doesn't move the edges and make that terrible flapping noise that all of us hate while we're camping. It was just slipping inside a tent like your house <laughs> and then when it started raining there was no wet clothes or you know the bottom didn't start to get wet you didn't have to pull out the tarp um it really just holds up together well as well as it was really cold that night and the inside stays nice and warm and cozy and our dog even sleeps up inside as well the only thing we're looking into is better mats mattresses for inside the rooftop tent um, so if you have any tips on that, let us know. Contact us at littlegbigworld.com and give us all your advice because these are the areas we are rookies in. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the rooftop tent is the bed stays up there. So there's no rolling, sleeping bags and things. You get to use normal bedding. So we have our camping bedding and we wash it and then we put it back into the tent and then the tent goes away, and next time you go camping, you just unfold, and your bed is ready to go and made. You just throw your pillows up. Um, that is all I have for you this week. Thank you for listening to our inaugural Little G Big World podcast. If you'd like to hear more about us, visit littlegbigworld.com or follow us on the gram. Hope you have a great week. Peace out. <laughs>